is up, everybody? It's me, George G, coming at you with another great episode of the Aligned Money Show. Today, we welcome Chris Meyer. He is Manager of Stewardship Investing Research and Advocacy with Praxis Mutual Funds, talking about shareholder advocacy, how long that practice has been going on, what that really amounts to, how pooling together resources are able to give investors a larger voice than they obviously have as an individual, how companies like Praxis go about making decisions on what issues are going to be most important, and then how they actually work and approach companies on making the actual changes. So check it out. Let's go. Chris, to get us started, give us two truths and a lie. Okay. Um, I've been working at Praxis for over 17 years. I, In the past, I lived abroad for five years, and I love to farm and practice forestry management. Oof. All right. Praxis for 17 years, lived abroad for five, and forestry management. I don't think you've been at Praxis for 17 years, Chris. <laughs> that one's true. Oh, all right. Which one? <laughs> which one is a lie? I haven't lived abroad for five years. All I right. spent a semester abroad, but that's the extent of my uh, living abroad. All right. You got me. Where was the semester spent <laughs> abroad? I was in Germany. Okay. All right. Very cool. Yeah. And you are not only a good steward of investing, but also of our natural resources. Yes. Thank you. Literally taking care of the land. So, all right. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to, to have you on and dig in everything with you. What is top of mind for you right now? Well, uh, quarter four is always a very busy season for company engagement. So I've been, uh, you know, at the top of my mind is a, a lot of uh, dialogues with companies and uh, reports to file and uh, doing a lot of research, that sort of thing. So it's a it's a very active time for uh, investors who engage with, with companies to conduct meetings, that sort of thing. So, and you're always researching. You're always... Looking into yeah. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, you know, my role at, uh, at Praxis, um, there's a lot of research I'm doing all the time in regards to uh, company practices. Um, I work on the screening that we do uh, at our, at our funds, but I also, you know, you know engage companies along, you know, collaborate with other like-minded investors to approach companies and, and work on various types of uh, issues, often environment or human rights related that we feel are pertinent to the company, but they might uh, not have adequately addressed. And so, um, yes, it's, it's always busy for that sort of thing. There's kind of limitless, you know, work to do in that area. But a lot of uh, some of the more formal meetings uh, may happen in the fourth quarter, um, and so yeah, it's a it's a busy time of year. When you say that uh, there's an issue or something that's important but it hasn't been adequately addressed, what does that mean? What do you mean? So, 
I think what I primarily do is uh, practice shareholder advocacy, meaning that I will um, use, I, you know, I work for a mutual fund, practice mutual funds, and we own, you know, a thousand companies or hold a thousand companies at any given time. Part of what we consider to be stewardship investing is our approach to responsible investing is to try and make a difference where we can. We use different strategies to do that. One of them is um, company engagement, which you know I will also call shareholder advocacy. And it means making use of the rights and privileges to um, of you know stock ownership to engage with the companies that we own shares in. And there is a long track record of investors like us and a lot of our colleagues who do similar things to seeing issues come up that are important. They have great, you know, global significance, but they really haven't been factored in to company business plans. Um, I take climate change for one is one that over two decades ago, um, we and other investors were saying, look, there's some some issues here. Like if the science here, you know, bears out, then everything about how you conduct business or many things are, are going to be affected. And we want to see you be proactive about that for both our own, uh, for your own profitability and also because it's the right thing to do. Uh, we're, you know, long-term investors. We want to see companies be profitable uh, on behalf of our clients, and we also want to to see them, you know, help the world thrive. And there's a lot of power that companies have. And I think often when they address uh, addressing some of these issues, um, it can it can make the world a better place, but it can also uh, lead to long term profitability for the company, so that they're not, um, you know, getting uh, risking reputation or have legal risks, that sort of thing. We do a lot of human rights work as well. And, you know, sometimes companies will will see a lot of issues after we bring them to their attention and say, well, thanks. You know, these are, these are concerns that these could blow up any time. We really need to have adequate safeguards in place and we can do better. And we see some gaps now. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of different issues that have come up over the years that we've been able to bring to companies' attention and, you know, kind of work with them to develop management plans for. And uh, they've often turned out to be prescient um, issues. Nice. Well, I certainly appreciate that. So when you talk about the rights and the privileges of ownership, just quickly break down what some of those, like what, what that really translates to. Sure. Being an owner, a part owner of a company, you kind of have your foot in the door. Um, if you want to see companies change, I mean, there's kind of the inside or outside methods. You know, from outside, you can you know protest or or whatnot. Um, on the inside, you can actually have access to um, these rights and privileges of ownership, and that can in terms of shareholder advocacy, that can take the form of, at its most basic, letter writing. So petitioning you know, members of the executive team, uh, et cetera. You can go through investor relations. That's like maybe one place to start, but it's not always the most effective. But uh, it can include you know, filing shareholder proposals. 
at companies. So if you want to see um, all the shareholders be able to um, show their concern over a particular topic, you can put it to a vote. Um, it also means the ability to um, speak with company management and that we consider to be kind of the pinnacle of company engagement to reach the point where you're having um, a mutually beneficial conversation with company management on the topic that you really want to see there be so policy change on. And we, yeah, that's, I mean, that's several steps from the beginning, but that's what we hope to do. And we wouldn't be able to do those sorts of things and have the ear of the company if we weren't owners of the company. So people invest their money with Praxis and Everance. You have you you, you have mutual funds and, and and other investment vehicles you market. So you have this 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 pool of assets that you deploy and then you've made the the decisions to invest in these thousand companies. And because of that, you have clout you have the right to vote all all of these rights and privileges and 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 you have the ear of company management that gives you the opportunity to advocate on behalf of what your clients what the what what your investors are telling you is of value and important to them sure absolutely yeah um that's that's all correct and i'd say it works both ways too with our constituents i mean a lot of what we do is say here are our core values at you know at praxis so everance is the parent company praxis mutual funds is our fund family of five different mutual funds and we say here are the values we have here are the you know types of industries we screen out here are the you know types of things we we seek to change in companies and so people if they feel they're aligned with that they may invest with us. Um, we also pay attention to what their uh, concerns are as well. Um, yeah, and we are able to use that clout to uh, try and, um, well, one, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients and investors to you know, provide uh, returns for, on their investments. We also want to seek to you know, transform the world as well um, and uh, company engagement is one of the strategies we we use to do that. So, um, yeah, we also I want to mention that we partner with other like-minded investors. Like alone, we always we we can't always do what we want, or it takes a lot more work if we're doing engagement alone. So we partner with with other investors. Some of them are smaller mutual funds, like we are. Others are um, a bit larger and. Uh, in recent years, there's a number of large, some of the largest pension funds in North America we've aligned with and collaborated with on various engagements with companies like, uh, you know, Calsters and Calpers in California and the New York State Pension Fund and a number of others. Uh, so, yeah, I think our the amount of support we've uh, received for these kinds of efforts has increased substantially over time as as more and more investors and fiduciaries see that there are uh, material risks to a lot of factors that in the in the past, now getting to be the more distant past, um, fiduciaries would have seen it as non-material, but now they're saying that they actually do have quite an effect on long-term profitability. I think it's exciting and um, I, 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 I appreciate that 
um, that you are as, I guess the term is intentional with, 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 with how you're going about this. I imagine that each company is going to be unique. You, you, you own, um, or invest in over a thousand different companies and having the ability to speak with company management, obviously you can't active or maybe you can, are, are there a certain number that you're trying to reach out to all the time? Is it ongoing communication? How do you, how do you sort of pick your spots? I mean, you make, bring up a great point. I mean, we, we can't cover a thousand companies in direct uh, intentional engagement every year. That's, I mean, yeah, we need to have an unlimited budget for that. But um, we do touch all the companies in, in certain ways, for instance, in how we vote. I mean, every company we own shares in, we have votes with, and we have a proxy voting policy that integrates our values into the guidelines. And so we at least touch every company that way. So there may be investor colleagues of ours or allies who will file proposals at companies that we don't have anything to do with, but we do get to vote on that. And so we get to kind of weigh in with our perspective there. Um, in terms of uh, direct engagement with companies, um, we engage about 20 to 25 per year. And we have to prioritize what issues are gonna be our focus. Um, and we also would touch maybe 100 or 200 companies in total through um, investor letters. And again, we're not always the, the ones who are uh, developing those letters, but we may be just signing on to one. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the breakdown. 20 to 25 companies we will directly engage per year and maybe about two engagements per company per year would be about an average. Um, we'll touch uh, one or 200 uh, indirectly, uh, or directly with letters. Um, and then we'll vote at all the companies we hold. How long has this practice been going on? I think the first shareholder advocacy that I'm aware of was done starting as we know it now was, was done starting in the 1970s, um, with a few faith-based, uh, investors. And I think it, there was a significant attention brought to it in the 1980s um, with apartheid in South Africa and how there were shareholders that were, were trying to um, and ultimately were, were successful in helping to move companies to oppose apartheid uh, in South Africa. And uh, Praxis has been been doing shareholder advocacy since the early 1990s. Um, well, Praxis was founded in, in 1994 and kind of from uh, that beginning was was doing shareholder advocacy. So you are working to engage with 20 to 25 companies a year directly and, and then signing on or writing letters to around 200, give or take. And the issues that 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 you are are advocating for, how often are those changing, or do those remain pretty constant? That's a great question. Um, we we have a shareholder advocacy plan that's on kind of a, a two year basis, and our um, our both our practice board of trustees and the Everance board of directors will approve that plan. There is continuity from plan to plan generally because company engagements often take a number of years. 
Um, we, we like to, you know, build trusting relationships with, with companies. And we also develop expertise in areas over years. And it's, it's not easy to just jump from one topic to another. If we have a lot of, uh, knowledge in one area, we want to use it and not spend, you know, keep spending lots of time educating ourselves and then moving on to an, an entirely new topic every two years. So there is continuity, um, Right now, we have two main issue focuses. Uh, one is on environmental sustainability, and that can break down into several sub-issues. Most prominent right now is climate change. Another is toxic chemicals. Um, our other main issue is addressing inequality, and that can take the the form of... Uh, we, we wrap a few different things into that, including... Um, racial, uh, gender, and economic inequality, and we, as well as human trafficking are kind of in, in that subject area as well. So, yeah, we've been doing both of those topics for um, a few cycles now, and there are changes that happen in kind of the sub-issues. So we'll add some and sunset some others that we feel like we've kind of done what we could on and the low hanging fruit is gone. So we can move to low hanging fruit and in other companies or, or on other issues. Great. So y'all have been at this since 94 and shareholder advocacy started in the seventies. It seems that with ESG and I, I guess that it's come to I don't want to call it a fever pitch. It's just become a lot more popular maybe over the past, mm -hmm. I guess, probably going on a decade. Is that, am I right in that? Yeah. I think the, the people who promoted kind of these more social uh, topics, environment, social, human rights, and even some governance issues um, in the early years, in the 70s and 80s, where there was a lot of faith-based investors and or people who were just doing it out of, an ethical or values-based perspective. And that's where our core is as well. I mean, we're affiliated with the Mennonite church and we're, we're our values derive from, from our faith um, and sense of ethics in, I'd say starting in the early two thousands and, you know, certainly, you know, continuing to uh, increase is the, is investors who are seeing the materiality side of environment, social, and governance factors. So while we may um, say, well, we, we care about this because of our faith and because it matters, there are also a lot of people now saying, we care about this because it affects the bottom line. And it's kind of like uh, the profit motive is the most important one. And that I think has happened. I mean, it's in part due to the, the mainstreaming of, of social concerns and integration. Um, it can be a, it, it's not necessarily a bad or good thing. Um, I mean, I think it's good that more investors are aware of all these factors that are um, going into uh, company profitability, um, that sort of thing, whereas it may have been dismissed in the past, but it's, um, but yeah, there are a, a lot of folks who, who say, now, including large investment managers who have kind of baked in ESG into their investment analysis, um, their investment process, because, uh, hey, environmental things, 
human rights, you know, issues and and governance issues all affect a company's business. They all affect the company's profitability. If a company's not managing those ESG risks, then they can miss out on a lot of uh, opportunities, and they may be hit with a lot of downsides of of not addressing those risks. So even outside of an ethical or values-based framework, there are arguments, uh, many salient arguments for paying attention to ESG. That is well said, Chris. Well, the people are ready. We're ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for us? Yeah, I think uh, I'd say that your investments have an impact on the world, um, and there are lots of ways to to make a difference with your investments. And I would encourage people to seek to align their money with their values. There are a lot of uh, funds and advisors that are out there to that can help facilitate that. Um, there's there's lots of options now. There might have been more limited options, or there were lim- more limited options ten or twenty years ago. But there are a lot of a lot of places that can help people integrate what they care most about with their money and their investments. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. It gets nothing but a really cool and exciting thing. Exactly what you just said. That not only do I get to choose where I spend my money and how, but I can also continue that impact through how we're actually investing our money. And it was great to get a little inside baseball into how it actually works from uh, a great mutual fund company like Praxis. So I appreciate it. Um, how do we learn more? How do we get involved with Praxis? You can go to praxismutualfunds.com. It's the best uh, best stop for for learning more. Excellent. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this, which is I did, check out what Chris is working on at Praxis, P-R-A-X-I-S, mutualfunds.com. So dig deeper into it and see if it's an opportunity for you to invest with them as well. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks a lot for having me here, George. I appreciate it. You bet. Finally, friendly reminder that there's never going to be anybody more interested in your financial success than you. So act accordingly.